This episode is made possible by PwC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why the new equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how the new equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Lift off will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Easy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Back. And everything Houston Rockets presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to fan site. It's Houston Rockets website, spacecityscoop.com. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. <sighs> Post-deadline. I'm not even going to talk about Thursday. Let's, you know, it's post-deadline, trade deadline. Uh, we're about four plus hours out out of it and uh just wanted to check in and uh, see how you're doing today i'm okay could have been better as a rockets fan as an nba fan the world was crazy it was amazing out there um to hear everything especially the blockbuster but that's not what we're mainly here to speak of just kidding. not right not right now anyways we're not at this about, moment <laughs> we're gonna talk about a little bit of everything that's the great part but yes. um this episode's just going to get bigger and better because we are bringing two guests back to the summit once again. They were here before. And now they're back again. Introduce the first guy right here. He is, by the way, congrats, congratulatory celebration on the way for this guy because he got promoted writer for the Dream Shake on SB Nation and site expert. Oh, site expert of jnotes.com. <laughs> 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 and yeah. co-host to Above the Break podcast, James Piercy at the Summit. And of course, we have the site expert on SpaceCityScoop.com and another co-host of the Above the Break podcast, Nevin Lindbergh. Boys, welcome back to the Summit. How are y'all doing today? Been been a little better as a Rockets fan myself, man. Uh, I mean, I, it, just, it, it was just disappointing. Honestly, you just want that like endorphin rush of mm-hmm. you pick up a phone and you just got a first round pick for Eric Gordon or like, PJ Washington for Christian Wood or whatever, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily a critical failure that we didn't make a deal, but it, it, it would have been fun, you know? Oh man, I dude. I mean, I just love the idea that there's an endorphin rush when you're like, we just got a first round pick. Um, oh, give me the picks. Hey man, I'm a Wizards <laughs> fan. I'm a Wizards fan. So we got Chris Stops. Porzingis. And so oh, man, I'm just going to yeah. have, to, I'm just gonna have to ride that. Um, We're still a sad, dysfunctional franchise, so whatever. (laughs) But from the Rockets, you know, 
they practice th- their Dao in action, <laughs> action through inaction. Let's not move anyone. Let's keep the boys together because I mean, look, if you're trying to get the number one overall pick, this is the guy, this is the team that got you to the bottom of the Western Conference standings. Why break that up? Wait, right? What, no, when you want no, you you to do well in the draft, why break up something that's working beautifully? <laughs> <laughs> We're building something here, guys. Wait, wait, Patience wait. Let me key. get let me get one thing straight though. <laughs> we, we have a big man that is now that has now been shipped out. He was responsible for the one in sixteen start, so he's not currently on the team anymore. <laughs> oh damn! Oh man! Oh man! Did they did they just completely mess up this deadline? Was Thice the one guy they needed to actually keep? See, maybe they're gonna play Bruno Fernando at the four. You know that'll that'll probably result in some losses, right? I, I think it'll be better than up. Bruno Capulco. <laughs> Bruno Capulco? Oh my god! <laughs> Bruno Cascrublo. Okay. Well, boys, god. obviously we have a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about. So let's move forward. Let's open up the pod properly. We're a Houston Rockets podcast. Let's talk about some Houston Rockets trade deadline maneuvers or lack of trade deadline maneuvers calling it it was a dud in my opinion daniel tice gets traded to the celtics for dennis schroeder ennis freedom and bruno fernando with armani brooks augustine and freedom all reportedly gonna be waived so i have my personal thoughts on this i'm gonna i'm gonna say my thoughts on it and i'm gonna give it up to y'all so my thoughts are different i think i don't know my, my personal opinion like my thoughts are different from most people. Everyone wanted to see Christian Wood gone. Everyone wanted to see Eric Gordon gone. I wanted the latter. I wanted Eric Gordon to be gone. And of course, I wanted Christian Wood to be gone. But I don't know, man. Like, <sighs> Rafael Stone, like, he's a brand new GM in the league. I- he needs clout. He needs respect. I think if he were to, like, come down in terms of his asking price on Christian Wood and Eric Gordon, and all reports right now are saying that no team was willing to give a first round pick for Eric Gordon and no team was, I I don't know, maybe I think they wanted like multiple first round picks for Christian Wood. I think they regard Christian Wood higher than I think the entire city of Houston regards him as, but that's just me. But I think it's a sign of weakness for a second year GM brand new to the role to come down on his asking price, because I think if that starts to happen, then, teams can start lowballing you. Once I kind of let that digest after the first half hour of uh, space Twitter spaces and everyone going nuts and crazy and everyone's like, uh, fire Raphael Stone. People got in um, the wife's mentions, which is just absolutely ridiculous. You don't involve family in it whatsoever. It's an absolute thumbs down. James, just thumbs down. Thank you, sir. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's that serious. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I don't well, think I'm it's assuming, that. I'm assuming yeah, yeah. it wasn't. I'm assuming it wasn't critical. I'm assuming that they were just like, hey, what's up? Like your husband's about to have a job. I think it was critical. I think it was. I got a a steady job. What's up? You're such a positive guy. I love it. But (laughs) unfortunately, it was not positive. But anyways, that's pretty much my that's my opinion. I've let it. I've sat on it for a few hours. That's the opinion I formulated. I don't see it as a critical failure, just like what James said. But at the same time, you wanted to see him gone, but it unfortunately didn't end up that way. Let me lay it up to you first, uh, Nevin. What did you think about uh, post trade deadline on the Rockets lack of moves, only trading away um, Daniel Tice? Well, I think moving off Tice, honestly, well, he signed to a four-year, $36 million contract in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So they're basically getting off the final three years and $27 million. Obviously, a $9 million contract is pretty easy to move, as we saw at the deadline. They basically said, we don't want to pay him for th- three years down the line or next year even. So 
let's not do that. So that's fine. Right. Like, I think it's, if you, they obviously feel like they made a mistake signing him and they got off of him and it basically didn't cost them anything. Sometimes when you have to get rid of a guy like Daniel Thice, Tice, sorry, you have to give up assets. They didn't. So good for them. You kind of hope that they could have maybe like turned Dennis Schroeder into like a future protected second round pick or Enies freedom um, into a, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, saving money is saving money and they can use it on a player that is hopefully better. GM, I'm going to ask you now what you think about mm. in terms of what you, in terms of what was happening mm. now, when Nevin's talking about it, he's talking about it from the perspective of someone who's not a, you know, he's not, he's not a huge Rockets fan. He's not, he's a Wizards fan mm. first. So I want to ask you, GM, what do you mm. think from a Rockets fans perspective? We got James perspective a little bit, but I want to ask you mm. about your perspective now. Well, obviously, as a Rocket fan, we're going to feel a little disappointment. It's like James stated before, you want that endorphin rush. We all do. Just like the rush we got when we traded T-Mac for Kevin Martin, you know, the wonderful trade 10 years ago. Or was it 11? I don't remember. 11.30 and, baby. And, and you know, the, 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 the famous James Harden deal, the Chris Paul trades, like those weren't deadline deals, but we, you understand what I'm saying. Um, but despite all of that, uh, Nevin was right in regards to saying that there weren't many firsts being thrown around. And a lot of teams were unwilling to trade these firsts for players that they even, that I believe that could possibly put them over the top, but it just shows that everybody feels like maybe they're tapped out in the sense of resources and they're just going to run with who they have and they're going to quote unquote lean on the buyout market. Correct. So but with stone, like everyone throwing stones at our man, I couldn't help myself. But, but you know, like we made it ten minutes without a corny joke. Go on. I had to. But in regards to all that, like you stated, Kenny, about RGM not being bullied, and I respect the fact that he stuck to his price and he didn't um, boil down. You know, he didn't roll over. I think that's respectable, and it's okay. There's no rush to where we need to deal them considering that they're both not expirings. They will be expirings next year, unless Gordon goes to a team that wins a title next year. We'll see about that. Um, But the whole aspect of it all is that there was no need to rush. It's okay. It wasn't the right market for our players. And maybe the summer will be better. Who knows? Um, We have to wait and see. Maybe Christian Wood can make some strides uh, interior defensively, maybe we can see Eric Gordon play even better and more efficient. Who knows? But at the end of the day, um, it's still disappointing. But if these were the offers that were sent to us, that they were very underwhelming, then I'm okay. I feel bad for Eric Gordon, but um, based on what I had read before, and then even Roosh commented on it earlier today, saying that Eric Gordon loves it here and. He'd rather stay than go to a team, I guess, that's not, quote unquote, too competitive. And I respect that. It's a life thing. It's not always about winning to these guys. He was right on the on the lip of the cup with us when we played the Warriors. So it's okay. Maybe to him, it's just more important to be comfortable, you know? Mm. No, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I t- totally see what you mean. Tell us, tell that to DJ Augustine who just got cut because he totally <laughs> loved being in Houston. I mean, I feel so bad for him. I I felt so bad for my boy. You know, my my high tower alumni over here totally got cut, but I mean, it is what it is, and that's life. No, good point, good point. Okay, James, let's let's turn it over to you. 
another big obviously you're a huge rockets fan too and to see the deadline pass uh, no you know eg still in houston wood still in houston i think after a while after it started happening it started the reality kind of started setting in how, how did you feel afterwards yeah i i felt majorly disappointed you know like when the deadline was five minutes expired and, and obviously we didn't do anything but as it settled in I mean, I would just make a lot of the points that you guys made. I, th- I think a lot of good points were made. First of all, it's true that Raphael Stone sets a bad precedent and he looks weak if he doesn't, if he lowers his asking price, right? If he went out and made a bunch of bad deals uh, where the Rockets got less than he thought was market value for their guys, then he, he establishes himself as a chump moving forward, right? For like for next year's deadline and the year after. So I think that's totally an important point. I also think that the types of deals that, that a lot of us wanted to see it didn't happen. Uh, I think a really good example of that is the Hornets, right? There was a package floating around. Uh, people said the Hornets were going to trade PJ Washington, Kai Jones, and a first round pick for Jakob Pertle. It was like a heavy rumor throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, they traded what, like Ish Smith and a sophomore whose name I could, Vernon Carey, and a second round pick for Montrez Harrell. So it's like, Obviously, they opted to keep PJ Washington and a first round pick. That makes sense. You know, they didn't like, wouldn't they rather have Montrez Harrell and PJ Washington than just Christian Wood? And, and they're losing, you know, a first round pick in the process, too. I don't think the deals are really on the table. Like, Miami didn't do anything today. So I don't think Miami was looking to trade for Christian Wood in the end. And as for Gordon, uh, you know, all the teams took different routes. Like, the Cavs acquired Karis Levert. Phoenix um, did something. I can't remember. I know. Is it Justin was- Holiday? Right. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, Holiday. they got Holiday. No, their their yeah. big move was Tory Craig, and they sent yes. Jalen Smith and a future second round pick yes. to yes. the Pacers for that. But like Tory Craig makes about half the the amount of money that Eric Gordon makes. Like pretty much most of these teams took more like cost friendly routes, and and that's why the Rockets mm-hmm. didn't get off their assets, in my opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. good point. Good point. Okay, uh, Nevin, I know that you had to you had to step away, obviously, but uh, right, uh, all ooping it back to you. Uh, continue on from your point, obviously, from the Rockets post deadline. Uh, c- continue on with what your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the biggest issue the Rockets had is their best asset in terms of a player that teams would be willing to add around the deadline, Eric Gordon, because he's kind of the perfect plug and play type of player. He's on a He's on a big deal. So even if you if you trade for him, all these teams are over the salary cap. You have to send back 18 million in salary cap or salary around so. It's so as soon as the Joe Ingles deal went down, that basically took away the best one. And as soon as Ricky Rubio got sent out for Karis Levert, you go, okay, those are like the two obvious teams where you package those two injured guys because at the end of the day, teams that are acquiring players don't want to lose useful players. It's really hard to find a player making 13 to 18 million that isn't useful. Right. Yeah. And then the question then becomes, well, how much more useful is Eric Gordon than this guy? Is Eric Gordon going to fit? Oh, and we have to throw in a first round pick and you can easily see why these teams aren't going to be all over it. I wrote an article for space day scoop about how the Rockets don't need to trade Eric Gordon right now. He might actually have, better value next summer. So, or not next summer, this summer. And that's fine. Yeah. I also, I also think that part of it, I also think like part of it is, I think a part of what Rockets Twitter and I think the Rockets fans are thinking of the like on on a counterpoint playing devil's advocate are that everyone feels that Eric Gordon had has had the best year of his career 
arguably, you know, numbers wise, everyone's like, okay, well, the value isn't going to get any higher than it is now. He's he averaging 44, what is it? 43, 44% from the three point line highest of his entire career numbers all across the board have been great. He's been a true professional. And I think Rockets fans are having almost like a, they want him like a wish you well moment. You know what I mean? Like we want you to, we want you to win a title, you know, go do what PJ Tucker did last year, go win your NBA championship. I think that that's also kind of what the deal is. Cause on the flip side, if you think about Christian Wood, I think everyone's thinking along the lines of like, Oh man, this guy just does not fit our team. Let's just, let's just get him out of here. Like, I think that's just how everyone feels and that he long-term wise, he just doesn't fit up to James's point though. I would have, I, I, I know that everyone wants to stockpile first round picks, if we had gotten Eric Gordon for a first round pick, I would have done the I would have done the trade straight up for PJ Washington. In my opinion, how many first round picks do you need before you become the OKC Thunder? Like that's the thing. That's the flip side going the other way. You, how many first round picks do you need? You know, till enough is enough. I know you want to ultimately flip some of these first round picks for a star, for um, you know, a veteran star down the road, maybe, or you know, what have you. But at the end of the day, like I don't know, like everyone. I think the Rockets brass views him as a multiple first round pick guy. And I just, I just didn't think we needed that. I didn't think that he should be valued so highly. Maybe it's the contract and the skill set to couple with it, but I don't know. I'm going to all you it just to open form for y'all. What do y'all think about that? I might disagree on that a little bit and I'll tell you why just a just, just, just a little I'm sprinkle okay. of, right, <laughs> of what I heard. I was listening to uh, spaces and he's, and I don't remember who it was, but he said something along the lines that I agree with and it makes me understand the level of why he might have not been dealt shortly. All it is, is that because he played at a near all-star level last year, and let's say we were to trade him this year for no pick and just PJ straight up. And then he does play like an all-star again in Charlotte. Cause he's playing next to LaMelo ball. It can make Raphael stone look, terrible in that respect um i can see why stone wouldn't it's a little stubborn and a little prideful um i do think that pj is a better fit but maybe that reasoning could be something along the lines of stone is just like you know what if i can't get like a uh what is it pj maybe a james book night and maybe like a very long future first or maybe a couple seconds but that's you know nothing that i know of it's just more so what i believe but in that in that realm of the world, I can see why he decided to stick to his gun. That's all. I mean, I don't mind not receiving the first, but I think that we have yet to see if we will be OKC. You know what I mean? Stockpiling picks is one thing, and then trading them back and getting more is a whole other thing. But yeah, that that's all I got to say. <laughs> mm, if I could add on that, <laughs> go ahead. I I also think like I just think that PJ Washington for Christian Wood probably was not ultimately on the table because they they, they mm, traded Montrez Harrell right they traded Montrez Harrell for for very little so I think they said well now we don't need to trade PJ Washington right we we mm. just got a center that that would be my assumption yeah unless unless uh, unless the trade could have been on the table a week ago a few days ago maybe so that I mean that could have been that could have also been otherwise no good points good points um Nevin do you want to chime in on any of that. Yeah, I, I think fundamentally one of the issues is Christian Wood probably just isn't as valuable as we thought to the teams around the league. I mean, mm-hmm. I think what we've seen is most teams have kind of gone to a, a setup where their front court, especially their center, is their defense. or And then maybe they have like a power forward who's really good and switchable and can do things. And Christian Wood basically can't do any of those things. Mm. And so 
like what value does he have? You go, oh man, he's great on offense. And it's like teams love offense, but they love it when it's not like they love it when it's coming from a guard or a wing. But when it comes to a center, they're not so great. And I think the reality with Wood is, is I really like his game for a lot of teams, but the problem is what makes him special offensively is when he's at the center. As soon as you move him to power forward, suddenly his offensive game isn't that great. So to get the most out of them, you need him to be your center. So you would need like a team that like also has like a really versatile, impressive defensive player at the four. I wanted him to go to the Bucks, but I think with the Bucks got Serge Ibaka, that was like an even better fit because the Bucks absolutely great defensive player. Defender, yeah, yeah, absolutely. and like, and so that was one of those situations where I, I just think the teams that needed the Rockets players didn't have the assets and the salary cap space to meet the Rockets demands. And I think the Rockets demands were relatively, you know, they made sense, but it's like, if you're Cleveland, you're not giving up a first round pick to take on Eric Gordon's contract, even if you're getting off Ricky Rubio's expiring, right? Like, I think that ended up being the issue is that's like a few deals went down early that basically took the the good situations away from the Rockets and their right to hold on to him because both those guys are under contract for another season. So the whole we need to move them stuff, yeah, it would have been cool. It would have been fun. It would have been something to talk about right now. But this just means you have something to talk about in the summer or the next trade deadline or in the offseason you're saying we hate Raphael Stone or someone did a sign-and-trade and you got something back for Christian Wood. Mm. We all want immediate quick calories we all want that endorphin rush but i think it's okay nothing happened if the price wasn't met and guess what maybe the price is never met but that happens yeah it's all about the gambling of whether or not you know being a gm because you let's compare it to what we're going to talk about later obviously in the next segment you know uh, daryl morey had waited he chose to hold it to hold onto his gun in terms of ben simmons and then look he got it. He got what he wanted. Now, does that happen often? No, it honestly doesn't. But, you know, I, I applaud I applaud Rafael Stone for doing what he's doing. I love this, boys. Talk Rockets Twitter off the ledge, guys. Talk him off the ledge. <laughs> this is what we're here for. This is what we do. <laughs> okay. Um, Twitter before, is the ledge. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, you know, before we move on, let's talk about one more thing before we move on. Okay, look, the trade deadline's over. Rockets play in T-minus half. 35 minutes uh, against Toronto in Houston records, 15 and 39. I'm going to lob it up to you first, James. What do you first want to, what do you want to see now the rest of the season? You know, Christian Wood's still a rocket Eric Gordon's still a rocket PT to the youngins. I thought the P- more, I thought if they were going to go, the the good thing about that also was going to PT was going to go to the young players. And that's what I was looking forward to. So 15 and 39 um, team basically stood pat. Daniel Tice wasn't getting any PT. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's that's a really good question. I do hope that just because we didn't make any or well, one roster change, I hope that we can make strategic changes and lineup changes in spite of the fact, you know, because I think it's really important that Jalen Green gets more on-ball reps in the second half of the season. To me, that's like the most important thing. It's like, this is our number two overall pick. We have to see what he can do. Uh, he's the only player on the team, in my opinion, that really has the talent level that he even has a chance at like being a franchise player someday. So when you have a guy on your team that like could be that, 
you gotta you gotta start developing them as soon as possible. I don't I don't know why you'd wait. Um, I I want to see less Christian Wood ISO and more Jalen Green on ball creation opportunities. You know, absolutely. I want to see Dennis Schroeder get bought out. I I really hope that the intention isn't to play Dennis Schroeder all through the year because oh gosh, Josh Christopher is playing really well. Mm-hmm. You know, KPJ is really turning a corner. Like, why are we gonna play Dennis Schroeder? He's pretty good, but he's he's twenty eight. You know, so that's important to me as well. Although I have a funny feeling. It's going to be 25 minutes tonight for fucking Dennis Schroeder, man, and, and, and pick and roll with Christian Wood. I just got a feeling. <laughs> I wanted to see Deshaun Nix get some PP. Come on. Yeah, Nix. Uh, Nix you know is another I mean? one. Exactly. That's yeah, the, that's like, the what infuriating are we doing? thing. That's the infuriating yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay, good point. Good point. Okay, over to you now, GM. What about you? Um, You know, same same exact question, 15 and 39. What direction do the record, do the Rockets go from here? Um, Honestly, what I first is, as much as I love LP, I want him to get out of the starting lineup. I need to, we just need to put Christian Wood back at the five. Jay Sean at the four. There is not nearly enough shooting in this lineup for them to be doing that. Just no, I'm not a fan of it. Um, love them to death. Not a fan of the lineup. It's like Silas is like trying to shove it in our faces and be like, these two shouldn't play together. So I'm going to show you guys why, you know, and it's okay. You're the smartest man in the room. <laughs> but outside of that, I do want to see more. Um, what's it called on the ball for Jalen. Like Jalen needs to be involved a lot more in the offense. What I'm tired of seeing is him dominating the first half and the second half, getting like three touches. That's the one thing that just completely annoys me. I'm okay with, I love what Kevin Porter jr. Has been doing. He's improved so much. And you can see that the game is slowing down for him as much as I've said that I didn't believe in him prior. He's proven me wrong thus far. So I think he's earned the right to where I should be able to, love him as much as I critique him. You know what I mean? He's earned that right. Um, I do want to see more of Josh Christopher. I mean, if anything were to occur with Eric Gordon, honestly, I'd rather them start with Wood at the five, Tate at the four, and let's allow it to see. Let's just run with with Josh Christopher at the three. Why not? Let's give it, let's give a different look, a different type of lightning bolt to the lineup. Cause every time Josh Christopher's on the floor, good things happen. Not every minute that he is on the floor, but he just does a lot more things to benefit the team than he does bad things, if that makes sense. And I think that's a good way to start. And outside of that, dude, I mean, I really do not want to see Schroeder play. Hopefully not. But if he does, I'm open to it. I guess that's what they (laughs) want to do. (laughs) I want to see more KJ at the floor. I want to see more KJ. Um, I wanted him to see him shoot less threes. I'm going to say that. Less threes, more cutting. I want to see him develop a three-point shot. Yes. Okay. So, good point. Good point. Uh, Nevin, over to you, Mr. Side Expert. Let's go. (laughs) What what, what do the Rockets need? 15 and 39, man. Um, What do you think needs that? What do you want to see? Oh, I want to see them lose as much as possible. My man. Um, and And the reason being is that I think Chet Holmgren is the guy. I think he's starting to separate himself. So, you want to you want to try to get him. And so just lose. I know that sucks, but at the same time, everyone knew this season wasn't going to amount to much. I remember the beginning of the year, people were like, we could make a run for the plan. That's not happening. And that's Sacramento Kings thinking. Don't think like the Kings. That's never, <laughs> a, good, that's never a good way to do it. So lose. Um, I actually would say, you know, LP and Wood can't work together that well. That's kind of true. But at the same time, why not find out and like do something different to see if they can. Mm-hmm. I really like Shangun's effort on defense. I like his passing. I think those two things are really contagious. And I think 
both of those things the team kind of lacks overall. So it might be good to try to get him out there a bit more just because it might inspire more of that type of behavior. But I get it. You know, he's he's not a floor spacer. The guys need floor spacing. That's good. I I don't know what to make of Josh Christopher because I was actually looking into this. His numbers are really good in low leverage situations, which basically mean when the uh, Rockets are already out of the game, they have no chance of winning. And players always perform really good when their team's getting killed. And the other team always performs really poorly when they're up really big. So I think the reality is we want to see him in like normal leverage and high leverage situations and see how he performs because right now he's doing pretty well, but it's like, he's basically getting the low hanging fruit of production. So that's something you want to see. And so he should play more in those instances. And I think we've all said this to death, but like, look, Kevin Porter jr. He's not a point guard in that. Like, let's be real here. He set the bar so low that when he's playing competently, it's like life changing to watch. And he might be able to do that as an off guard or take turns as a lead guard down the line. But like, realistically, you want Jalen Green to be able to do that too. Um, so let them do that right now. I, I don't need, I, I know what you're getting with him in that when he's hot from three point range, it's great. He can sometimes, he can make the easy reads on passes. And if you let him run the offense, he's going to get assists because whoever runs the offense gets assists in the NBA. That's kind of how it works. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's shown he's grown and he's done well recently, but like, if you look at the overall numbers, you go, okay, like this guy probably isn't going to be able to lead a top 10 offense ever in his career. That's not a slight. There's like 15 guys in the league that can do that. Jalen green, maybe could. Let's see if he can. Um, and that's really what you want to do. With these remaining games is basically set the hierarchy going into next year that this is Jalen's team, Christian Wood, you're gone. Like, uh, like no more isolations. The problem is if you give him the ball, it's an ISO possession. He, mm-hmm. he lives. Yeah. He, he, every time he gets the ball, he wants to score. And when he gets an assist, <laughs> it's an accident. Like it's, it's really maddening to watch because there are some talented guys off ball and when you pass the ball to a guy that you know is never going to pass, what do you not do? You don't make cuts. You don't do those things that like are really good for your development. So I would be like trying to phase him out of the starting lineup practically and get LP in there just because it's like, y- you don't make your team better unless your team's already like amazing. Just get him to a contender in the off season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Legend has it that every time Christian Wood touches the ball, 20 Rockets fans roll their eyes. So all at the same time, <laughs> it's a legend. I don't know. 200. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. My, my math was wrong. I forgot to carry over. I, t- I forgot yeah, to carry exactly. the number times a hundred. I'm sorry. <laughs> make it, two, make it 2000 Rockets fans. Yeah. Um, good, very I mean, good point. A billion boys. Rockets fans in China. I think it's over a billion. Oh man. That's <laughs> gosh. I'm so there's sorry. A of, there's a lot of truth there. I'm so sorry, Chris. I'm so sorry, Christian Wood. <laughs> All right, boys. Good stuff regarding the Rockets. We can only hope for the best. We can only hope that uh, Rockets continue, continue two things: continue to lose and continue the development of their rookies. That's all I want to see, and I can't wait to know what's going to happen going forward. Give me one of Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith, and I'm good to go. So let's go ahead and move on. But before we do, we need to give a quick ad break right here. Give us one moment. We'll be right back. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. 
We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. Of course, we are joined by James Piercy and Nevin Lindbergh back at the Summit, and they're here. Boys, let's move on. We have to talk about this because it 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 broke. It's almost like we were ex- kind of ex- we were like 50-50 expecting it, but it still broke the internet, the fact that it actually ended up happening. And that is James Harden getting traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to give you the full deal if I went down. Brooklyn trades James Harden and Paul Millsap to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two future first-round picks. I mean, it got in Houston time. I think it broke it around like noon. <clears throat> I want to I just want to ask you, although I'm going to I'm going to lob it up to you first. GM, you are my co-host. You know, we 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 are we were GM in particular just loves James Harden. He was a, a James Harden. You know, he appreciated everything he did for the city. Eight years in the city of Houston. My man asked out of Houston. My man, you know, to celebrate the one year anniversary of asking out of Houston, he decided to ask out of Brooklyn. So what a way to celebrate. But I just have to ask you, you know, the deal happened. The deal went down, you know, with the thought of all these future first round picks hanging in the balance for us now. But now that this trade happened, you know, how did you feel about it? I'm honestly blown away. Um, I wasn't sure if it was actually going to happen. I heard that there was legitimate traction to the trade, but the fact that it went down, like it, it happened so quickly. Well, I guess to us so quickly, I bet you they've been talking for a bit, but it, I'm just, wow. Like the fact that Harden has left two teams in the past year, you know, like it just blows my freaking mind, man. Like he has basically compromised the future of two teams to get what he wants. Three teams. And well, yeah, three touche. Well, potentially three teams. Well, I mean, for us, it's today. The future is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so you know, it's like that. But I, I don't man, dude, Brooklyn got so much stronger from this trade. I'm telling you, like, this deal for them is great. Like Having Ben Simmons and Seth Curry to play alongside a Kyrie for half the season <laughs> and, and Kevin Durant, you know, like I think that's a pretty solid lineup. And don't forget, was it Andre Drummond was included in the deal as mm-hmm. well? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a solid pickup, man, for like 15 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game, especially in the playoffs when bigs are a lot more crucial to everything that is happening on the floor. Um, the value of them is just so big. And for Brooklyn, I think that's going to be a really good undervalued player for them. Right. Um, for Philly, I'm really looking forward to seeing James Harden and J- Joel Embiid pick and rolls. I'm really curious to see how they fit together. Cause Embiid is a very strong personality and James Harden is a little bit more sensitive. So I don't know. Like but, Ben Simmons. 
Yes, but <laughs> Embiid is having an MVP year. He is playing so well. So I'm really curious to see the effect of what James Harden brings to already an MVP level player in Embiid. So I don't know, but I think this trade works out for both teams. What was the deal that the the first round um, pick this year? It's like protected of like, what was it, Nevin? Do you did you do you remember or any of you guys remember the top of your head like the the protections on this year's deal for Philly? It was like lottery protected or something, and then they have the right to, right to defer. defer. Oh yes, yeah, right to defer because it's unprotected, correct? I think it's unprotected. And then they, they can still defer to 2023, which is totally a Maury thing. That's a, exactly what he does. You know, all of these random protections that no one's thinking about. But yeah, overall, though, Brooklyn got a lot stronger. I'm really curious to see Ben Simmons. I want to see how long it's going to take for him to get um, up to speed with the guys. Kevin Durant is still hurt. So we don't know what's going to happen. Brooklyn is not, I don't, I still don't think they're going to be super hot this year, but next year they can kill a lot of teams. If Kyrie gets the shot or if they lift whatever stuff is going on in New York. And if Katie can stay healthy, this team is going to be a little crazy next year. Kind of worrisome. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. <laughs> okay. Good points. Good points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's lob it up over to you now, James. What do you, what was your thoughts when you heard that the trade went down and how do you feel, you know, being a Rockets fan? Well, yeah, there's a whole Rockets angle. Uh, I guess first I'd like to touch on how I think it affects each of the teams directly involved. I I mean, I think it affects the Rockets poorly, (laughs) which I guess is a way of saying that I think that it's a really good trade for the Nets. I agree. I think that the Nets are going to need like a stretch big to make this work long term. I wonder if what we're going to see as the season progresses is Ben Simmons at the five for the time being. You know, because mm. I, I, Simmons, like, he can't play with Drummond, you know, and he can't play with Nick Claxton. So I, I don't think they really have a center right now who's going to fit with Simmons because they don't have one that spaces the floor. So I, I think we might see some kind of small ball-ish looks with Simmons at the five for now. As for Philly, I'm a little bit skeptical, man. Although it's so much talent between those two guys that, like, there's a very good chance of it working. But I will say that... I see a lot of people commenting that the pick and roll is going to be unstoppable. I don't think Joel Embiid is really like a pick and roll finisher. Like that, that's not that you're that's not maximizing his talents. Too, yeah. yeah, that's that's not really a great use of what he does. So I mean, and then Harden on the other hand doesn't really have a great reputation for working off ball when other dudes are on ball. So when it's on the low block with Embiid, is Harden going to hang back at the half court line and, and with his hands on his knees and just kind of watch? You know, like, but. They are both incredibly talented dudes, so maybe they can just find a way to make it work, you know? Last thing I'll say, since you kind of asked me, is I think this is bad news for the Rockets, man, as I know Nevin at least agrees with me on, because, you know, Simmons is 25, and so the Nets are probably going to be strong for years to come now. He, he's a really good player for all of his warts. I, I think it has an adverse effect on the picks, for sure. It's a bummer. I think it's so funny what you were saying too, and when you were thinking of him going into the post with James Harden chilling in the half court, and I just had I just had PTSD of Dwight Howard in the post yeah. in 2014 with James Harden just like huh, huh. James, and then and then me and all my friends yelling, and Justin included, we're like, "Come on, move, move! What are you doing? Why are you just standing there?" <laughs> so yeah, I, that's that is absolute worst case scenario, and it would just be. 
hilariously poetic if if they get bounced in the second round again like like if it just <laughs> if they just if it just it just doesn't go their way and they just get bounced in the second round you just never know so we'll see man he, he, was, he was dealing with injuries but over to you now nevin um kind of be on the outside outside looking in here um the james harden trade uh you know brooklyn who won the deal in your opinion i think they both won the deal in that i think the 76ers got better this season and I think the Nets got better long-term. And honestly, as James was saying for Rockets fans, long-term is what Rockets fans are interested in with the picks that are coming from Houston. So yeah, I, I wrote an article about this. We talked about it on our own podcast, Above the Break, plug. And it <laughs> really, yeah, thank you. Um, and really like, that's what this is. It makes them better in the long run. Honestly, I, I love this for the Nets just on along the lines of, Seth Curry and Patty Mills are like the exact same type of player and that they're like elite three-point shooters that can do a little bit of self-creation, a little bit of creation for others. Like they're just going to have shooting all over the place. Maybe this season it doesn't all come together, but Hey, Joe Harris might, if Joe Harris comes back and is the Joe Harris that we know, I mean, God, good God, they might shoot 79% from three point range next season. <laughs> it could be, it might be, it could be absurd. And I know James said they don't have a stretch five. Well, you know, they got slow ass LaMarcus Aldridge who might be perfect on defense. You just say, stand under the rim, stick your arms up. Ben will come clean stuff up. Durant will come clean stuff up. Or like you said, run Ben at the five. I really like this for the nets. It really comes down to this season. What's Ben's body like? He hasn't played all season. What's his mentality like? You know, I, I saw some people kind of doing the whole, oh, well, now he's like his mental health isn't an issue. I think his mental health was like legitimately deteriorated by the thought of having to play in Philadelphia and be around that organization and be around mm -hmm. those people because I find it really frustrating that it's like these people were clearly, I was actually thinking about this. If Joel Embiid didn't have an accent, the stuff he was saying about Ben Simmons, we would not laugh off. We would not be like, oh, this is okay for him to say. If he had a American accent, you would listen to the words that he's saying and the tone he's saying it in and go, wow, this guy's literally being a jerk to his teammate. I don't care about this man anymore. I'm not here to babysit him. Like, come on. Like he's, those are like pretty harsh words. And I think we kind of give him beat a pass because we look at him. This is like jolly giant. But like, why would you want to go play with him? Doc Rivers doesn't have his back. As soon as Maury got there, they're like, let's trade you. I think Simmons is going to tear it up. I've been a big fan of his. And I think Sixers are going to look stupid in this year's playoffs when the Nets kick their ass. And I don't think Harden and Embiid are going to coexist very well. Both ISO ball dominant players. And Harden thrives in a pick and roll with a center that's a vertical threat to stretch defenses back to allow him to get to the rim. Embiid doesn't do that. Maybe he can, but that's not getting the best out of Embiid. I love this for the Nets. I think the Sixers get better just on account of Simmons wasn't playing. Um, but yeah, and then long-term for the Rockets, like if I love for the Nets, I love for them right now. I love from long-term, not great for the Rockets and those <laughs> draft picks, but um, yeah, like good for them. I mean, the one variable is like, does Kyrie Irving decide to, Get, have a little blood come out of the side of his like deltoid 
Yeah, no, you're right. And you're guaranteed if if Brooklyn, especially, well, most likely they're not going to have home court unless they just, you know, go go absolutely bananas here. If they do, they'll probably get in the first round. And if you do, you're looking at at least at least three games without or yeah, at least three games without Kyrie. So that that's another important thing to look at. Um, Good point, Nevin. I also want to talk about one thing uh, and I'm going to pass that around before we move on. Um, There was a there was a spaces last night on clutch fans and this guy who was very reputable me and the gm had no idea who this guy was but clutch was vouching for him uh dave 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 wiener was uh, vouching for him bima thug was vouching for him apparently and and it's lining up exactly as we predicted because he got traded but he said james harden's very unhappy in brooklyn he said he misses houston he wants to come home the idea was that he would do he would he would um opt into his contract which he did which is crazy because it's it's, it's actually timing up exactly as he's predicting because he's going to opt into his contract go into next year with philly and then in 2023 free agency the idea is that james would come home and play with houston again this kind of like as a, a rockets fans on spaces started kind of like going 50 50 they're not sure what they want nevin is literally laughing <laughs> in the process of this but you know this, this this whole thing is just it's it's crazy to think about and then it's so funny because the first thing i think about when is is like he got all he, all he needed was to come home he got all he was looking for was home it's like a goddamn romantic comedy over here james Hart, <laughs> james harden in the city of houston with love like it's ridiculous it's a romantic comedy february 14th just around the corner like it's beautiful it's beautiful stuff right so i just want to ask i want to lob it up to you first james um the thought the thought of james harden coming home back to houston do you want to see it i mean not my short answer is probably no i i just wrote an article for the dream shake about why it doesn't really make sense plug it plug it yeah you know you got you gotta you gotta plug your work but like I guess it would depend on the situation. If he gets a chip with Philly next season and he wants to take like a sweetheart hometown deal to come back, sure. We probably got all our lottery picks already. You know, we're probably transitioning into a phase where we'd like to start winning games again, you know, like after next season. So if that's the situation and maybe by then he's going to be what, 34 or something. So like maybe it'd be a super sixth man. I don't know if you, if he wants to come play for 15 million a year, you know, like, but all this stuff sounds crazy unrealistic. So I'm just throwing out more unrealistic stuff. But what I, what I don't, what I wouldn't want to do is see the Rockets scramble to trade off all of our like young players and picks to build a contender around an aging James Harden on 40 million a year. Like I, to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like we already moved on. Why are we going to, why are we going to double back? You know, like I, I, I wouldn't want to see the franchise take that direction. Stick with Jalen Green and Shangoon and hopefully Chad Holgram or Jabari Smith Jr. And, and do it properly. You know, I agree. Keep it, keep it, Uh, you know, keep the hometown crop growing. That's exactly yep. as it should be. Nevin, let's let's pass it over to you now. You, my man, were laughing. And it was great. It was great from the corner of my eye. I was thinking that I was like, man, this is great. I'm sure his, this is going to be a great take. So what do you think about the idea of James Harden returning to Houston? Crazy as it sounds. Yeah, it's just, it's like, here's the problem with people that are into conspiracies. Mm. They get like one thing half right. And suddenly the entire conspiracy is coming true. Talk to him, Nevin. And, and look. <laughs> look James Harden, as James said, if he wants to come back to Houston and like 
maybe have a championship, maybe not have a championship, take a sweetheart deal and just see out the rest of his career. Look, I could see James Harden coming back after this next contract, right? Like Mm. maybe at the very end, he comes back for a season and you're just like, God, this dude's corpse. I can't believe he used to be great. You know, Jersey retirement ceremony while he's on the team, you know, all that good stuff. But like, it makes no sense for him to come back unless he, like, I mean, even if he loves it, like, yo, like the season isn't all year. Like you just come back in the off season. It's the summertime. I guess that's not so good in Houston. Now that I think about it. <laughs> uh, really not. <laughs> yeah. But th- the main point being is just like, it makes no sense for the Rockets. It makes no sense for James Harden. And like, in what world is James Harden going to be like, you know, I could make 150 million, but I'd rather just make 60 million. Cause I love home that much. What are we talking about? People leave home for like no money. People want to get out of home, right? Like, I'm sorry, like no place is good enough that it's worth $80 million to, to be there. Right. Like, and look, once again, he could come back all the way down the line at the very end of his career. And this guy will be like, I told you, it just, it took a little bit longer. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I fully expect that at some point. Yeah. You nailed it. You were the prophetic conspiratorial (laughs) genius. And did Kyrie tell you that like the Illuminati told you that James Harden's actually tanking the Brooklyn Nets entire franchise. So those picks are more valuable. So when he comes back to the city of Houston, all of a sudden they're this unstoppable juggernaut. And it's like, no, that's crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> Just the way you described it. It was great. Um, okay. So I'm going to lob it up over to you now, GM. You're the last one. Uh, James Harden, the potential of coming home. How do you feel about it? I mean, we all know that it started on that article that was written up in The Athletic about how Kyrie Irving was lighting sage in Cleveland and James Harden gave him the side eye. And that's the moment that he knew Harden was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Take me back to Houston, <laughs> guys. <laughs> no, but 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 seriously, you know, like I, I when 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 um I had heard that, and even that before they, there was an article that was like the Rockets would be willing to take back Harden. I was like, maybe at the right price, like nothing, take him back. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't want to compromise our guys. I'm happy with going along with with Jalen, KPJ. Josh Christopher, Al P, and whomever the next pick is, whether it is Chet or Jabari, please, I hope at least one of those guys, right? Um, even then, if he were to come, like, it'd be cool. Nostalgia factor. First five games, he goes off, right? And then five games later, he doesn't want to play perimeter defense. He's losing sight off the ball. And we're right back to square one where we were in 2014 when we were just like, God damn it, James, just pay attention. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Like there, there's a lot of factors there. I love James, but don't get me wrong. But at this point in time, it's just like, I'm okay. I've we've moved on. Um, then I'm, I'm okay with that. Let's just, let's just keep it as it is. I'm down with him coming later on. And what are the odds of him? Like exactly what uh, Nevin and James pointed out, like t- taking hundred million, 120 million, or let's, let's go back home for one plus one 30 million, you know, like, like we're good. No, no, not likely. There's, there's more money to be made for this man. And I believe that, you know, basketball players have egos, man. They don't want to take pay cuts. Nobody wants to take a pay cut. You know what I mean? It's an ego factor. So in regards to all of that, highly doubtful. 
But I mean, but if it does come true, whoa, that'd be cool. He called it. I mean, you know, this, the possibilities of it, it's cool. It gives us something to talk about. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm okay. I'm yeah. cool. Like I'd rather just lose in all honesty. I'm okay with that. Right. Can I add one quick thing? Yeah, go, go for, it. for it. James Harden, if he re-signs with Philadelphia, can sign the largest contract in NBA history and make is like it like six, four or five years, right? I think it's like I forget what it is, but like he can make like 60 million as like a 38-year-old or a 37-year-old. Oh if he signs as a free agent with Houston, he can't get that contract. And more importantly, the Rockets aren't gonna want to sign and trade to sign up for James Harden's age 38 season at mm-hmm. $60 million. So it's just like that to me, fundamentally, it's like James Harden basically saying, I could be the richest athlete ever, but no, I mean, like, come on, like you can love a place, but just buy the whole damn city when you're retired with that contract. <laughs> I mean, you could be part owner. You could be part owner at that point. Touche. <laughs> Touche. You could you could bring a uh, NHL uh, back to Houston. That's that that's that's the ultimate goal for us. So okay, good good points, guys. You know, I just wanted to kind of shoot it into outer space on that one. No pun intended, because it, it it's been talked about like in the past like twenty four hours. So I thought that it'd be good to at least discuss the possibility of James Harden coming to Houston, especially since the trade actually happened. So good points all around, boys. We're gonna take one more break here, one more ad break, and we'll be right back. What's up, world? It's your boy Von Wafer. Former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player, and you're now tuned in to the Summit State of Mind podcast. All right. This episode is made possible by PWC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why the new equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how the new equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. Y'all, welcome back to the Summit State of Mind, presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. Once again, we are joined by James Piercy and Nevin Lindbergh, co-hosts to Above the Break Podcast. Another plug. And, of course, I got the GM here, my brother. Boys, It's it was the NBA trade deadline. So there was, uh, you know, James Harden, that trade obviously took center stage and took all the headlines. And can't forget about the Daniel Tice trade. That took all the headlines as well. But, um, yeah, totally sarcastic. Uh, In Germany, though, it did, between Schroeder... And Tice. Oh, and Germany right. was the biggest trade of the deadline. You son of a gun. That's totally right. I didn't even think about that <laughs> point. It's like the equivalent of a of Steven Adams in New Zealand, since he's the only active New Zealand player. Anytime Steven Adams gets six points and ten boards, it like trumps, like it trumped Russell Westbrook's triple double, like when back when he was an OKC. Fun fact. So like they wouldn't talk about. They'd be like, oh, six points, ten rebounds. Look at all the rebounds and Russell Westbrook <laughs> yeah. and Russell Westbrook had a triple double. Let's move on. Like it's <laughs> so. Okay, boys, let's talk about, you know, I want to spotlight some trades. Um, I told I told the boys before we started this, if there's any other trades that they wanted to say, uh, they're more than welcome to speak it. But I, let's talk about uh, this first trade right now. The Pacers traded uh, Sabonis, 
Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday to the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. Uh, obviously, was a six-player trade. It was a wild trade, and it shook. I mean, it shook the foundation of the NBA to you know pretty legitimately, considering that Ty- no one expected Tyrese Halliburton to get traded. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to you know I wanted to know what y'all thought. I want to lob it up to you first, Nevin. Um, what did you think overall about that trade, man? Like the fact that Tyrese Halliburton got traded away, man. Like the guys he's a future could be a future star i was confused i was i think everyone was confused apparently people around the nba were confused they were like halliburton was available (laughs) um so (laughs) like this one is just the king's kinging now i'm gonna say this is that they made another deal on deadline day to get uh dante divincenzo yes so i think we need to like look at this deal and that deal kind of together look if the king's goal was to be better this season and probably be a bit better next season i don't know how much they did a great job if the king's goal is to ever be a borderline contender they did a really bad job i love sabonis i think he's a really good player but i think your team has like a pretty obvious ceiling if he's your best player which he is He's a, he's a limited defensive center. And while really he's a good offensive player, he's not so good that you can run like an elite offense through him. And that's basically what you need to be. If you're a center that like can't at all protect the rim, like Jokic is an elite defensive center, but he's actually been really good this year. And he can, he's just big enough that he can kind of do it. I love the deal for the Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton. He's the ultimate second best player on a good team. Right. Like, you know, if he's your best player, are you going to be great? Probably not. But if he's your second best player, you're going to be awesome. They also got Buddy Heald, who has a contract that descends in value. So he's useful for this current team and he might have some trade value. Tristan Thompson's thrown in there. He's a NBA basketball player that is far more famous (laughs) than he deserves because he played with LeBron James and (laughs) decided to cheat on a Kardashian. I wanted to throw that out there because Tristan Thompson is not a good NBA basketball player, but I know a lot of people still know who he is. Good job, Tristan Thompson. You made a lot of money. So yeah, I I think the Kings did what they wanted to do. I don't know why they wanted to do that though. And I really like what the Pacers got. So I guess they both won in their minds. I guess that's why all Mm -hmm. trades happen. But I like what the Pacers got more because Tyrese Halliburton, they get... They draft one stud. They're good to go. Mm, absolutely. Pacers are like locked and loaded for the future, and I'm very excited for them. I'm a little sad, though. I kind of want – I t- totally want a Tyrese Halliburton, <clears throat> but neither here nor there. Let's move on here. I want to lob it up over to you now, GM. Um, what do you think about this trade? I know you were shocked. You literally texted me, and you were like, Halliburton? Question mark? And I was like, <laughs> I'm right there with you, bro. I didn't know, man. Dude, I yeah. <laughs> I was shocked, man. But, I mean – Nevin, you're right. Cause just imagine if uh Indiana, they like they're they kind of drop off, right? They miraculously find a way to get in the top four with a chance oh, to get man. a Bancaro to add to them. Just imagine that, right? That see, that is where Indiana might be thinking of grand uh grand scheme type of thinking. You know what I mean? Sacramento, Monty McNair might be thinking in the sense of like his job's on the line, man. And the ownership is just like, we got to get close. What are they right now? Well, actually, no, they're in the bottom four, correct? <laughs> I mean, and the last time I saw they're like five games out of the play in five, four and a half, five and a half. I don't remember. 
But if they're really trying to push for a, a possible playing spot this year, I think they're out of their freaking minds. But, you know, we're not getting paid by ownership. Monty McNair is. And if they say, dude, we want some bonus, bring him here. Okay. All right. I'll do my job. <laughs> you know? Uh, so nine and 10 are technically in the, they vie for the plan, right? Mm-hmm. Nine and 10 vie for the plan. So they're two and a half back, actually. Oh, okay. It's so actually See, not what? that. Uh, let's let back of the plane. Last time I saw they were four, back? but uh, two and a half back from the plan. Yeah. It's a 24 and a, 24 and a half. Uh, and then you got the Pellies at a 22. So, yeah, two and a half back. If so they're two and a half back games of the play in, you should not be making win now moves. <laughs> hey, man, keep it real, dude. No, absolutely. Absolutely. See, for, for New Orleans, I understand, you know, like they're 10, but they're like right there on the cusp. They're right there in the cusp, right? Um, but that we're not talking about them yet. <laughs> that's yes, no, the no, you always, that's the, always that, pull that's the trigger that's, too early, my man. That, that's besides the point. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I apologize, guys. But yeah, you know, like, dude, man, Indiana made out like bandits there, and the mm. Kings are gonna king. They're just like the trailblazers are gonna trailblaze, like they've been, you know, all the crazy trades, right? So I don't know, man. Like Indiana has a future, and if they have one solid pick this year or maybe next year, then I think they're set for the East, and they're doing it at the right time, considering that. The Sixers are old. The Nets are old. Minus Ben Simmons. Um, who else is there? Jimmy Butler is aging outside of Milwaukee with Giannis. Um, and Chicago. Yes, Chicago to an extent. DeMar is still kind of old, but not all there yet, right? Um, so there are opportunities down the line for these guys to make something happen in regards to what they're trying to what they're trying to accomplish in Indy. So I'm really happy for them, man. I think that Indiana got a major victory and they're a very passionate fan base. I was listening on the spaces when I was at lunch, when that trade occurred. Um, and <laughs> I was just blown away, man. A lot of Sacramento fans were really sad, but a lot of Indiana fans were just elated at the deal. And I'm very happy for them, man. Halliburton's like what, 20 years old. He's a year and a half in the league and he's made significant strides from year one to year two. So, I mean, who the hell knows, man. And he was a, he was a great 2k pickup when I, when I, in like 2k 18 or 19, when he was like a future draft pick, I, I always did work with Tyrese yeah. Albert, but that's just me. <laughs> James over to you now. Um, the trade, obviously, man, this Tyrese, you know, Tyrese Albert being at the center of it, you know, people are thinking that Sabonis was the center of the trade. In my opinion, it's Tyrese Albert. what did you think about the trade? Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's Tyrese Halliburton. I, I, I agree with what Devin said too. Like his future is, the audio just went out am i good now yeah you're, you're good, good you're good go you're ahead good. You're, go good. Ahead. you're good did you get any of that no i got mo- i got most of it and then I accidentally cut off it was I, weird okay, okay yeah. go, ahead. go ahead okay uh yeah tyree salaburton i i think he absolutely he's gonna be the second best player on a contender someday like he's such a perfect high level complimentary player I think the Kings kind of blew it here, man. I'm going to make the same criticism of the Kings, kind of, that I made of the Sixers in a way, which is that I think there's maybe a tendency to think like, well, if we have a all-star big and an all-star guard, we have all our bases covered. We're like a nice, well-rounded, good team. But I don't think these guys fit together, man. Neither of them really space the floor, right? So when Sabonis is working the low block, Fox isn't a good target. And... Sabonis isn't a great pick and roll partner for Fox. And furthermore, Fox is one of the fastest players in the league. So you want to capitalize on that and play a transition heavy style. Whereas Sabonis is slow and you want to slow it down and get it to him on the low block. So like, I don't really see it working very well. They might 
play for the playing tournament or whatever, but they kind of just mortgaged the future. Probably gave up their best player, in my opinion, uh, to get a little bit better now, only to be worse down the road. So, yeah, I think the Kings kinged it up as usual and i agree with you that the, the pacers have a really nice future <laughs> like just the pacers if they could draft paulo bancaro this year oh, the rebuild's already done it's already done it's yeah over. that's ridiculous it's just to yeah, think about the fact yeah. that they could actually get into the law i keep forgetting that you you do have a chance to get into the top four like that's oh, ridiculous yeah. it, which i pray to god that if they do get in top four they don't bump houston out that's just oh worst case no. scenario there right right all that work. okc because okc always takes the brunt right all the all the work that Dan- <laughs> all the work that daniel tice gave us man all the work that daniel tice gave <laughs> yeah, us. yeah all for not all, all for not so oh uh, everyone good points all around let's move on to the next trade package that i thought was that i thought was you know pretty crazy actually i thought it was really crazy because it showed that portland was is really blowing it up so it's uh pelican straight josh hart tomas sataransky no i hope i say this right tomas sataransky nikhil alexander walker who ended up got who ended up getting flipped to the utah jazz Didi luzada and a a future first round pick and two future seconds to the blazers for cj mccollum larry nance jr and tony snell it was a seven player trade with three picks involved it was a large trade i want to lob it up to you uh first james CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, the, the tandem that everyone had thought was the best backcourt in the NBA. There was a period of time where the Houston Rockets were 65 and 17, best record in the NBA, and they still said Dame and Damian Lillard, Dame and uh, CJ were better than Chris Paul and James Harden, which I thought was a complete joke. No layups, right? So I want to ask you, James, the, the, the tandem finally broke up. CJ gets to go form a potential big three in uh, New Orleans. What was your thoughts on the trade? I think Nevin's laughing a little because he he's heard me talk about uh, how much I hated, how much I used to hate the way that Lillard was talked about in comparison to the way Harden was talked about. I feel like Lillard, he's like this media Talk golden me. boy. He's this media golden boy for some reason, no matter what he does. Fit. It's like everybody loves this guy. It's Dame time. You know, whereas Harden was like this villain for some reason, even though it's like, well, he's just better. We, we, we agree. Oh that, God, that, yeah, he's that, a better player. The disrespect right that... Harden gets and all this glorifying for Lillard because he makes game winners is just ridiculous. yeah it's because he makes the game winners exactly yeah <laughs> no, no I hate that. it I hate it it's, not I, that. I, it's just there's something about Dame that people decided they like yeah he's also I, like he's intelligent he's a good rapper he's a good conscious rapper you know is that something maybe touche. like he's like Dame, you know Gen Z, Gen Z I, I like Dame Gen Z I like Dame I just don't know why I have to hate Harden but like Dame you know exactly exactly what, what, so <laughs> so so centering back centering back yeah. overall thoughts i like how we, we we flipped it and turned it into but you know what this does need to be discussed at some point because absolutely, <laughs> yeah. i don't understand why that was the case I, me and justin were for for like a whole year we were like what is this like why is that the case anyways so let's 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 turn the knobs back into 2022 and uh yeah. You know, CJ McCollum, potential big three with Zion, with Zion and uh, who's that guy? Brandon Ingram. And uh, what do we think about that? Man, I mean, like my, my brain says that, that it's a little premature for them to go all in. And, and like, I don't know, because they're so young and maybe they, they haven't even seen what it looks like with Zion this year. But part of me dislikes it. I, I, you know, I think that like Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. That should be a top five offense next year if everybody's healthy. Like it's gonna be a, a absolute shit defense, right? Like they're they're not not gonna get any stops, but they could win 40, 45 games on the backs of that offense and and just have some fun. And maybe that convinces Zion to stay. So like I I like it tentatively for for the Pelicans, you know. Um, 
I, I don't think it's without risk or like a flawless, like, like, you know, slam dunk. But I, I, I think it could be interesting. I really want to say that I don't think the Blazers got enough value. I, I understand what they were looking to do this trade deadline by like uh, flipping their veterans for prospects and picks and stuff like that. I just don't think they got nearly enough. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do next. If, if Dame's going to get pissed and want out or what, but yeah, I, I mean, they should have came away with another first round pick or two and another young player or two, in my opinion. So I don't it's like Portland's it's deadline. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious that they caved. I think that was the report is that they initially wanted two firsts and they didn't get the two first. So I think they settled for the two seconds. So, yeah, no, you make a very valid point there. GM, I want to lob it up over to you now. Uh, the trade that this trade happened, they're in the 10th spot. They're in the play in currently New Orleans. But guess who's right behind them one game? Oh, the team that traded. The team that traded CJ McCollum. They're one game back. So it's like, you know, this, this is madness over here. So what did you think overall about that trade? Um, okay, let me preface this before I talk about the, the that singular trade for the Blazers, but overall the Blazers, the trade deadline, just, uh, I don't even know. Like, the, like, let's not fail to mention the first trade to the Clippers of Covington and Powell to the Clippers. And like James stated, the value, no value, right? Who did, who did they receive? Like Eric Bledsoe and a couple other pieces, correct? Keon and, Johnson was probably yeah. like the best piece they received. Mm-hmm. Just like 20, young player. And yeah. five second round pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, I mean, it's just like, it's just befuddling. You know what I mean? Like, like they practically gave away the veterans for free. It's like, they literally went to goodwill and we're just like, yo, who needs a team? You, you need a team. You need a team. Everyone gets a team. Everyone gets a player. Let's go. Yeah, Let's yeah. just give it all away. Right. Um, I bet you, and then I'm going to put a conspiracy theory out right now. That's going to happen is Russell Westbrook opts in. They trade 2027 Russ for Damian Lillard and buy out Westbrook. And that's where everything will just be because Lillard wants to go to LA. I think that's what it, what it is. That's my conspiracy. And if it happens over the summer, whoa, wow. I called it. I called it guys. We can turn back to February 10th, 2022. Okay. Anyways, that's besides the point. So this deal in general, for New Orleans, I think it's a good deal for this year, and offensively, they're going to be great. Brandon Ingram has made strides this year, despite the fact that um, Zion has been out. Um, th- this is going to be a solid team, and I do think that there is some possibility there of them cracking, not not this year, but maybe next year with a healthy Zion, like the top six. Who knows? Um, defensively, they're really not there, but... This is a team with a lot of possibility, a lot of boomer bust potential. I'm going to say that Ingram is someone that is just he's playing out of this world right now. And I'm, I'm enjoying to watch it, even though he played against us. He was killing us and it was actually a beaut to watch. Um, Valanciunas, my Travis Kelsey clone at seven feet tall. Um, but yeah, like he, he's been he, he's been doing well. And I just think the team in general, there's a lot. And. Let's not fail to mention Devontae Graham kicking our ass in the last game too, dude. Mm-hmm. That, that team is just next level, man. It's almost like the, the Rockets defense isn't very good. Oh. Almost, right? Yeah. Almost. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love the I love the dialogue you see on Twitter where it's like, oh my God, like this random role player went off. It's like, yeah, well, when you have the league's worst defense. That's, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, but yeah. They're, they're so hyper. You know what? They're so hyper focused on getting like the best player, the best two best players that you, your defense is so bad. So valid mm-hmm. point, obviously. So let's turn it over to you, Nevin. Uh, CJ McCollum, 
is a Pelican now. The potential of the big three. Portland got the return. James was saying it's not the return that they should have gotten. How do you feel about it? So this is going to probably blow people's minds, but I actually think Larry Nance Jr. is the most valuable player in this trade in that like he's a guy who can kind of play center. He's a guy who can kind of play power forward and it's pretty decent defensively. He's having a knee operation, so obviously there's no short-term benefit, but long-term, I, I think he's a really good player. He's sneakily a good three-point shooter, can defend multiple positions. I really like him, and I think CJ McCollum's a great player. Like, don't get me wrong, he's good. He's when I say great, I actually don't mean great. I mean he's just good. Um, <laughs> but he's making 30 million plus and he's over 30. And that's not good for a player of his caliber. Josh Hart is a good player on a good contract. I've got to give a shout out to Josh Hart. He went to high school with my brother. Sidwell friends in Washington, D.C. He went to Wheaton High School before that. I don't know how the hell he ended up at Wheaton High School. It's in the same county I went to school in. They suck at basketball. Um, but, like, good for him. Josh Hart, you're the boy. Hold down for the DMV. I I actually, <laughs> like, to me, it's like if you got Josh Hart and one first round and two second round picks for C.J. McCollum in a vacuum, I think that's actually a really good deal for the Blazers. I think where they lose the value is they basically got nothing back for Larry Nance. And I think Larry Nance on his own could probably get you like a first round pick. So that's really where I think this deal went wrong for them. Pelicans offense is going to be interesting. I don't know how elite it's going to be, but it should be good. And the problem is if it's not super, super elite, I know this for a fact. That defense is going to be so freaking bad. It's going to make the kings of the previous two seasons look like the princes, right? Like it is going to be an all-time historically bad defense because CJ McCollum and Devontae Graham are my size, right? Like those guys, neither of them over six foot three. Zion Williamson has never seen a pie he didn't like. So he does his his defense is just nice solid. Jonas Valanciunas is like, if you put him underneath the rim, he can do something okay, but he can't defend in space at all. And like, that's crucial. So is Larry Dance going to be your defensive guy? Like Herb Jones secretly has been one of the best rookies in the league this year. And the Pelicans like did a great job picking up in the draft. He's been fantastic, Mm. but like Herb Jones literally can't make up for the fact that you might have four significantly negative defensive players around him. And finally, with the Blazers, I think they're trading Dame. It's just all the moves they're doing mm-hmm. haven't really looked like they're trying to like acquire assets to like go get someone else. It's like they're trying to acquire cap space. And here's the thing: you're not signing any free agents. Like, I'm sorry, like Dame isn't going to lure Zach Levine's not going to go look and be like, "Hmm, signing for cap space with the." trailblazers is better than going someplace with like a real team or a real roster that can actually compete right away in a sign and trade. So I think what they're going to do is they're telling their fan base, they're going to try to like get someone to build around Dame and they're not. And then they're going to trade Dame. And it's basically, they just setting it up to fail. Basically they're setting up to fail so they can move off of Dame because like all Mm -hmm. these moves are just about clearing off cap space in my mind. Like, None of them, they got the amount of value they probably could have. 
So what does that mean? They just rather be cheap. Good for them. They did it. Mm. Good, good point, Evan. Good point, and good points all around. And regarding to the CJ McCollum deal, we're gonna see what yep. happens. Also, also, New Orleans okay. is beating. They're they're playing Miami right now. They're winning by three. CJ McCollum, oh. ten Ooh. points, four of eleven oh, from the field. A typical CJ stat line. That's my yeah. boy. That's CJ. Can, can we just spend the rest of the pod updating the score of that game? <laughs> <laughs> I would love the fourth to. Quarter when I would the love to. Falters. Yeah, I was going to say I'd love to, but I think we should talk about this next trade because this directly involves your team, Nevin. <laughs> we should talk There's about the team. What? I like his basketball team. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, you like a basketball team. So let's talk about this trade because obviously I mean, this implications is crazy. I didn't. It's so funny because when it got tweeted initially, it was like, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie is getting traded to the Mavericks. Oh, OK, cool. All right. All right. And then the, the bomb dropped when it said Chris Tops Porzingis is going to Washington. And everyone's like, whoa. Pfft. And so let me give you the trade, the whole trade as it happened. Mavs, are, Mavs trade Kristaps Porzingis and two second round picks to the Wizards for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Nevin, Washington is your team. I know that it's uh, you've y'all have seen some dark days and I don't know if the days are going to get darker or lighter, but I just have to ask you, man. What do you think overall of the trade? First off, we haven't been that bad that recently. <laughs> That's true. Second, it's Davis Bertans. So <laughs> I'm so sorry, Davis. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Davis Bertans. Go on. Yeah, you're acting like a real Dinwiddie right now. Oh, <laughs> he did it! He did it! The dad jokes. They're I back. love it. The pun king. Yes. <laughs> oh god. It's too good. You know, I don't. This trade, from the Mavericks' point of view, I actually I get this deal completely. Mm-hmm. These are three bad contracts. And the Wizards had two smaller bad contracts and the Mavericks had one bigger bad contract. So they swapped them. And in my mind, what the Mavericks are thinking is we can consolidate these bad contracts to go get better players if we attach assets to them. That's my thinking on their end. The Wizards thinking is, well, I guess we want to keep Bradley Beal around. Good for them. I like Bradley Beal, but I just, don't think he's going to be the best player on a championship team or even like a team that finishes top four in a conference. Good player. But if he's your third best player, championship contender, first best player, eh, second best player, you know, maybe you can get in the top four. Porzingis, they're not going to get a guy as good as him through free agency. I don't know why the DMV. I mean, no, I do know why DMV is fucking boring. Like there's, there's no reason to come here. Like, oh, the monument's cool. I can come visit once in my life and get enough of that crap. <laughs> so it's the only way you're going to get a player as talented as Kristaps Porzingis, who is talented. The Wizards had a glut of center options. So I do think this allows them to trade away their parts of their center rotation from an area of strength so they can, you know, in the summer at least, build up the rest of the roster. Dinwiddie didn't work. Bertan's contract wasn't great. Look, like the Wizards are kind of like the Kings, but they're not quite as dysfunctional. They're trying to be in the playoffs. They don't care if they're a top four seed. And this is that type of trade. And like, I hate that they run the franchise like this and they've always done it, but it's all right. You know, like Gilbert Arenas, Pete Gilbert Arenas is never walking back through the door. And like, 
that means I'm never going to really enjoy the Wizards as much as I once did. <laughs> you went you went to Tino game on us right there. I know. Like, Agent <laughs> Crass, pessimism, man. Just I know. Hopelessness, you, you, you know? You, you go through it year after year, and you're just like, okay, like some years will be horrible. Some years will be bad. Most years will be pretty meh. Mm-hmm. And like every once in a while, like our most exciting team almost made the Eastern Conference finals when the Eastern Conference is garbage. Almost won 50 games. And you're just like, fun. Like, this is great. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Good point. Okay, GM, let's lob it up over to you now. Look, uh, Christoph Porzingis, former mm-hmm. New York Nick, former Maverick. Now we have, we, we hoop, we play basketball with a guy that loves the Mavericks. And you, he came to our watch party in a Porzingis shirt. Now got to, got to text him now and let him know, bro, you got to change that shirt out, man. Got to get that Dinwiddie shirt. So poor guy. <laughs> I just have to ask you, man, overall, what'd you think of the trade? Um, I think it's a good deal for Dallas. I mean, you could tell that they were just not, they just weren't happy with Kristaps. The guy was shooting 28% from three this year, right? It's like 28, 29% from three, almost as bad. bad as Armani Brooks, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, don't get me started on Armani Brooks. I'm, but, I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, like mentioned on y'all's podcast, y'all talked about how the Mavs are a sneaky top five defense. And I didn't realize that until y'all mentioned that, um, even though like Chris Sops is an integral piece, he can't stay on the court for them. You know what I mean? And I think they're just better off with putting in another player, inserting another player at the five and, having Spencer Dinwiddie help take the scoring load off of Luca. And, you know, weren't they trying to, they were trying to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. too. Right. But I don't know about that. That was just more so hearsay. Um, but Luca needs help, man. And I think Dinwiddie is a decent piece to bring there. They just re- re-signed what Dorian Finney Smith to four years, 60, 52 million, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also trying, and he's like, they're, or is Dinwiddie the insurance piece for Jalen Brunson in case Brunson leaves? Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't followed enough of Dallas this year, in all honesty. Um, I do like Chris Tops, the unicorn in general because of his nickname. Um, and he was great for a little bit. Yep. But in regards to the whole big picture of things, hey, man, Dallas is trying to make something and they got a little bit more help for Luka. I guess that's what matters in the grand scheme of it all. You know, Their offense has been struggling. They haven't been a great offensive team this year, but get Luca more help. We'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Roll the dice. Might as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. Over to you now, James. Let's let's talk about this Kristaps Porzingis trade over to the Wizards. I like Justin talked about uh, you know, how how it affects the Mavericks, and Nevin touched on how it affects the Wizards, obviously. But who who do you think won this trade? I think probably the Wizards. I, I I find the trade a little bit like uninspiring in general. You know, like I, I look at where both these teams land after the deal, and I'm like, okay, it's fine. You know, I I feel like the Mavericks are probably not going to have Luka Doncic for the rest of his career. If I'm being completely honest, because like they're they're, they're not doing anything to work towards building something meaningful. Like Davis, Bertans, and Spencer Dinwiddie, I, I don't think it's going to get them he very said Davis, Davis. Davis. Da- Davis, Bertans. My man, my man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. As for Washington, I think that there's a certain purview that they operate in. They're, they're one of these franchises that, like, as Nevin was kind of alluding to, like, they're not necessarily aiming at a championship in the same way that a 
proud, mighty franchise like the Houston Rockets are, you know? So (laughs) 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 a little slide, I love it. Yeah, no, but but I mean I just mean that like Washington seems to focus on staying competitive year in and year out. If that means uh you know contention doesn't come around all that often the priority is to make sure they field a good team every year and so i think they upgraded from from that point of view you know like porzingis is uh not what he used to be but he's still he's better than either player they gave up in this deal so from a pure talent perspective i I, i'd say they won the deal nevin you've been beating the porzingis drum all year man i i I thought you'd be a little more excited to be honest (laughs) (laughs) look look i'm excited but it's like porzingis is great next to like an all-world talent like luca yeah like the problem is is it's like the best player on the team's bradley beal who's good but he's not like luca good yeah, Luca, good. He's not. Mm-hmm. Oh, this guy makes your offense a top ten offense because he exists. Who's around? Why did, why did the Mavs do this? Does any? I, I feel like maybe I missed that. My cat was meowing. I, and I heard they were very, they were very high on Dinwiddie. That's what I heard, and and they had given up on Porzingis and 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 Luca working as far as as far as the articles that I've read. Yeah. Were, I, I have know. a question. Huh? I have a question. Why has there always been this idea that we need to find someone that can like have the ball instead of Luca. Like you have like, why? Like, no, you want Luca to have the ball all the time when he's on the court because he's that special. Like this has been like a narrative and like an idea that keeps being floated. And I just always keep going. Who the fuck is better with the ball than him? Like in the entire NBA, it's a short list of people and they don't have any of them. No, true. And the ones that they don't have are the ones that they don't have are all top talents. So there's it's very, yeah. very tough for them to get them. Good point. I don't know. Like, that's a good question. I it's interesting to think about when you think about Dallas's perspective as why they got Dinwiddie and to why. Yeah. Like to your point, Nevin, they, why they feel like you need to take the ball. Unless Luca's straight up saying it, like, give me help. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want to dribble the ball for 48 minutes. You know, I don't want to dribble the ball for 35, 30, however minutes he's playing per game. Like maybe he's like, give me help. I remember one point. That's why they, you know, the Rockets went out and got Chris Paul because James yeah. Harden at some point was like, man, I'm like, I appreciate you, Mike D'Antoni. You know, you got me to this level. I was a point guard for a year or two, but I, I just can't do it anymore. You know, he's like this is the wear and tear on my body. So that's probably what Lucas thinking. That's might be what I'm alluding to. So but. I- I would say yeah. that uh, to, to Nevin's point, like every every ball handler, no matter how good a ball handler, needs a secondary ball handler. Like there's to be one Absolutely. more guy that can carry mm-hmm. the offense for some stretches. We saw Harden, you know, set a playoff record for turnovers against the Spurs because he was exhausted, right? So I, I, I do think that's a need, but I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie's nearly good enough, you know, to justify mm-hmm. losing Kristaps, especially I know. who I know is his career is coming and going, but like he's better than Spencer Dinwiddie though. Davis Bertens is on a not great contract, but the dude is like six foot 10 and at like one season hit 45% of his threes. Like he's, he might be the real reason they did this deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He makes up offense. It makes he, sense. He's like an upgrade over Porzingis, but he doesn't have the same two way play, but as a stationary mm-hmm. shooter, he's better. That's true. Oh, absolutely. I think that can up, that can up them for sure. Ranking wise. And they haven't been hitting threes all year. Like you guys mentioned. Yeah. That's, that's so, um, true. so yeah. that, that, that totally makes sense in regard to what you said, Nevin. So that's something I didn't even think about, but for Bertans, I think that he could possibly be a game changer for Luca. Who knows? You know? 
It's good for spacing for Luca. That is a good point. Yep. Mm. I, I just don't think the Mavericks made this trade with an eye on this season. Like, I don't think, I think they wanted to get off Porzingis contract. And the way you get off a contract you don't want is you get two contracts that someone else doesn't want. And I think they're like, these are easier to get rid of than Porzingis is mm-hmm. would have been. I, I just, at the end of the day, what's the motivation to bring, to get rid of Porzingis, to basically do a talent downgrade? Because mm-hmm. Dinwiddie isn't better than Brunson, and they basically can do the same thing. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. Okay, good points, boys. Let's move forward here. In terms of trade fronts, this is the three. These are the three trades that I wanted to spotlight. But I want to give y'all a little freestyle here before we go home. Um, is there any other trades that y'all want to talk about? Any like I'm just gonna lob it up open forum here. Is there any other trades that anyone want to spotlight on before we go home here? The bull bull got traded. <laughs> I saw that. Bull shocked. shocked. What? He got traded I twice. Know. My man twice. Yeah, I mean, technically, he got traded three times, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Bull Bull. Cue, cue the, the Will Smith scene from Fresh Prince. Well, he don't want me, man. <laughs> Poor Bull Bull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Bull Bull. <laughs> it's been, it's been about, like Y'all mentioned the Spurs deals. I mean, they came oh, with yeah. what? How many How many first rounders did they get today? Like That's three? So, let's see. They got one. And then they got a swap in 2028 for the mm-hmm. Derek White deal. Granted, Derek White, interesting. I was looking at his numbers. He's kind of like a younger, cheaper version of Eric Gordon. So if only Daryl Morey yeah. had not mm. cater- cratered to Eric Gordon's agent, that could have been the trade the Rockets got. Uh, oh, and then Goran Dragic is going to Dallas after oh, yeah. the wave after so you know what oh, he's the secondary right. ball handler. And, he's the smoke screen but Dragic is the guy so yeah but now they got two decent now, with Bronson Dragic and uh, yeah. Dimity they got three like decent point like starting ish mm-hmm. caliber point guards I don't know about that either man okay yeah, no, <laughs> point. and then the Spurs got a 2022 from the Raptors and a 2023 mm-hmm. The one I'm looking at says it's first round protected one through 14 and then first round protected one through 13. I don't know. It's going to convey this year for sure. It's going to convey. And so, Mm -hmm. but you can't trade back to back picks unless it's someone else's pick. Yes. That's true. Yes. Um, yes. Is it a rolling pick though? Is it two picks? Or yes, it's rolling or is it one? That's what I'm wondering. I the think way it looks first... where it's written on, in this article, it looks like it's two, but I'm guessing yeah. that it's like one pick. It, it might, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it might be rolling over. Yeah, that I makes think, more sense. I think the Spurs did pretty well. They're rebuilding. Oh, yeah. They got some picks. They they granted they they did the right thing and they traded with teams that like could possibly have a bad injury and like suddenly find themselves like with a not very good pick or like a I guess mm-hmm. a good pick, but a not very good pick if you're trying to win. So I don't know. Like I really like what the Spurs did. 
it's weird. Some franchises just, you know, bad they boys move in silence and violence. And like, that's the Spurs, like all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's like, even when they lose, they're doing it well. Like, I'm just like, gosh, gosh, darn it. Like, it's the Popovich <laughs> I mean, effect, man. DeJounte Murray is, a, is an all-star and they have more pieces to build on with multiple picks. So it's like almost like Greg Popovich is the Bill Belichick. You know what I mean? He's just moving on and making it happen with, yeah. with other stuff. So it it's mind blowing to me. But you know that you know what, man, that, that's just a very well run organization there. So it just makes complete sense, you know? That's true. That's true. No, good mm-hmm. points. Good points. Anything else to say, boys, before we go home here on the pod? Is there any other trades that y'all wanted to talk about? I would add, yes. I would add one thing. Go ahead. Uh, the Hornets adding Montres Harrell, I find a little bit questionable. I thought they needed rim protection. I thought they should have really targeted Rashawn Holmes on Sacramento, who is probably mm-hmm. expendable with Sabonis in town. I feel like the offense is going to continue to be one of the best in the league. The the pick and roll with Trez and Lamelo is going to be a lot of fun, but like I, I don't know if he's really going to improve their bottom line all that much. I think they should have given up a little bit more to get a little bit more personally. Because you think they're the ninth seed? They're the ninth seed or the eighth seed right now, right? Ninth so, last I, I knew. I think yeah, I don't think it, it it doesn't move them up even no, more higher on the I don't rankings, think so. in my opinion. Who? Can, I mean, I think. Why? Why? Why do the Hornets actually want to get better this season? Well, like, they I have mean, their cornerstones, uh, though. I know what you're saying at the same time. But it's but... like keep the pick. It's like look, like no one you're gonna get uh, right now is gonna be like mm-hmm. this is a franchise cornerstone going forward. It's worth pushing a bunch of chips in. They got Montrez Harrell, who's like a good player, probably helps them this season for free, basically. I, I didn't like, I know Ish Smith. He, he's an NBA player. He's in the Tristan Thompson. <laughs> he is an NBA player. He's been around he's made his money. I mm-hmm. looked up Vernon Carey jr. I didn't know who he was. If I don't know who you are, chances are you're not very good. Cause I know way too many basketball players. <laughs> way, way more <laughs> than your own good. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they basically got Montrez Harrell for free and they didn't give mm-hmm. up any like future assets. Like that to me is like, it makes sense. It's like what they, they upgrade and, Mm-hmm. They're the eight seed or the seven seed. Like how much better can they get to get out of the play in? It's like, that's a good perspective, but, but with Rashawn Holmes, I think they could be actually quite a good team. And I, I think it might be good for those young guys to start winning games. So I, I do see what you're but saying they, though. They, they mm-hmm. are winning games, right? Like, you know, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I like ish just, to an extent. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like a little bit over 500, 500 ish, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, unless adding someone makes you really, really good. If your mm-hmm. core is young, just wait. That's fair. That is fair. Or like, do, you, do you also think that the value of PJ Washington will be higher come draft time? You know what I mean? Like they're re- really willing to trade him, right? But well, isn't he like, in a expiring? No, but he has one more year left. I think he has an option, a team option. No, it's rookie right? deal, I think. So he should, have, yeah, he should have a team yeah, option. He has, he has yeah, one more year. So yep. he, I, I mean, obviously they're going to opt in. The question is when it's like one of those deals in the like in draft day where it's like it can't be officially pushed through until also they want to do the they also want to do the miles bridges extension and Mm -hmm. if you trade for someone that's going to actually make you better you're probably having to take on future salary Mm -hmm. so like maybe I, i just to me it's like i love what they did in the fact that they wanted to get a little bit better. They got a little bit better for free, essentially, in terms of NBA talent. And they didn't mortgage anything in the future. And like three years from now is when we should be like, 
I can't believe they actually didn't make a trade to upgrade. Like they're saving their powder for that day when it can matter. And I think that's a great decision because, you know, they could have been the, you know, the Kings go all in to be, you know, mm-hmm. play in team. Like, no, like pump the brakes. Yep. Patience is yeah, you're making points. You're making points. Good points mm-hmm. all around, boys. Okay, is there any other trades that we want to talk about before we go home here? I think the only one that maybe I would like to say a little bit about because it was just big was the four-team trade with the Bucks, Kings, Clippers, and Pistons, where the Bucks they got Serge Ibaka, two future second-round picks, which is like really useful for a team in their situation. Mm-hmm. Cash considerations. I don't know what cash considerations are, <laughs> but you put cash in something. I'm in. Give me all the cash. <laughs> right, right, right. James Harden for cash considerations straight up. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then the Kings, uh, they received Dante DiVincenzo, which is kind of surprising the Bucks moved on because he's a good player. Trey Lyles, Josh Jackson. Didn't know Josh Jackson was still in the league. Congratulations. I know. Sticking around. Former number four overall pick. Clippers. It's very high on him, too. I know. God. <laughs> Clippers. They got Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale, and the Pistons got Marvin Bagley the third on that expiring <laughs> rookie contract. Oh. I just I feel like this trade's hilarious because I go, what are the Pistons doing in it? <laughs> <laughs> like they're just getting Marvin Bagley the third for 25 games to see if they want to give him a contract extension. Like, he's he's not an NBA player. I mean, he's an NBA player, but he's not like an NBA player you care about. Mm-hmm. You know what? They're so bad. Detroit's so bad. And Cade Cunningham is so good. You know, just throw the line. Throw the line out there. Why not, right? Why not? Take it's not going to... Yeah, take, you know, like, just my thought process is like, they didn't trade... So they didn't trade... Um, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, they didn't trade Jeremy Grant, Jeremy and Grant. Mm-hmm. you know, you, you like you said, it's twenty five games. Like, I, I get your point. Like, it's it's super pointless, but at the same time, like dude, that that team has just struggled so much, and you just got so much good coming out of Cade Cunningham. Like, why not? We'll, let's see how they work. Roll the dice. It's not you gonna, never know. It's not gonna. You know, like it's a it's a low risk, high reward situation, in my opinion. So a typical Mori move. A typical Mori move, exactly. <laughs> the the Bucks though getting Serge Ibaka killed it. How do you how do you feel about killed. that? I liked it. I I feel about it in one very particular way. I don't think Brooke Lopez's back is doing so good. Um, because insurance, baby, Touché. absolutely. And if that's the case, I love this. Honestly, I think he I like him even more than Brooke Lopez. He can do a lot of similar things, but he's better at defending in space. I really like this from the Bucks' point of view. They did have to give up yep. uh, DiVincenzo, who is, I think, a really good player. But with the way Grayson Allen has come along this season, it's he's kind of been expendable. I I like it. I think the Kings got getting him is good. But once again, he seems like a win-now type of player, which the Kings are trying to do. Not sure why. And he helps that. But um, he's a good player. Uh, Trey Lyles is... He can do a thing in the NBA and not embarrass himself. I mean, like, it's just there's some guys that are like that where it's like, oh, like, they're on your bench. Great. They're in their starting lineup. Ping pong ball time. Um, <laughs> and, then the, you know, the Clippers are just they're just there <laughs> getting Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. I, I don't really think they do anything for him in the future or even the present. Yeah. No, good. Yeah. You guys have good strong point. feelings on this trade. I feel like I'm the only one that knows. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I really don't, but I did like the idea of Serge Ibaka going to the Bucks. It just makes him stronger. I I like the flyer. Like I said, like personally, I like the flyer that Bagley took, that 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 Pistons took for Bagley. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a four-team trade. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this too. I, I don't like what Sacramento's doing at all, but if this oh, is no. what they're going to do... They might as well acquire Dante DiVincenzo. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, since yeah. they already did this opponent's trade, it's like, okay, well, this is good giving your shitty plan. It makes sense. You know, like w- within the context of a bad plan. Yeah. Poor DiVincenzo, man. He's, he's, he went to, uh, he went to basketball hell. <laughs> yes, right, from basketball Poor heaven, yeah. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> was terrible. That was terrible. I saw that. That photo went viral. I was like, oh my gosh. Sack fans, man. You are welcome to hell. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> more, more like the sacrifice. Now I'm more like the sacrifice kings, not the Sacramento Kings. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. Wild, right? Okay, boys. Um, let's get ready to go home here. Um I got let, let's put the cutoff here because I already know, like in my editing stages, this is going to be the longest episode in Summit history, as it should be, because <laughs> of the fact that it was NBA trade deadline. It we had also, a lot to talk about, but nothing Rockets related. You know what? But I that's was okay. I'm okay I, with I, that. I took the, I, you know, I had initially when we had planned this a little behind the scenes, a little letting y'all go behind the curtain a little bit, listeners. Ooh. Um, I, I, I didn't plan on this really being a rocket centric episode. It was going to be more of an, you know, it, it's going to be its namesake. I'm going to say NBA trade deadline reaction. And that's really what it is. We're reacting on the trade deadline. And I love it too. It's almost like a hybrid summit slash above the break podcast. And I was all for it. So it. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we took inspiration from y'all in a way and, and we do rare, maybe we've done like maybe one or two episodes where we've talked about the NBA, but it's always nice when we get to talk about it. There's not much happening on the Rockets front. So there was no trades happening on their front. So we're more than happy to cover in terms of the entire NBA because there was so much happening today. It was ridiculous. One of the craziest NBA trade deadlines in the history of the NBA. And I know y'all can agree with that. Let's get ready to go home, boys. Nevin, James, our two, our two boys over here. Like y'all are, I only wish y'all were both in Houston so we could have it. I feel like all four of us could have a beer together and enjoy good times, good, good basketball talk. But I just appreciate y'all for coming to, to us uh, literally post trade deadline, like four hours after when we had started recording this. So I appreciate y'all. James, I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you first. Any plugs, anything you want to say before we end here? Yeah, man. I mean, hopefully, you know, I'll make my way to Houston someday. Maybe Nevin can make the, the smaller pilgrimage and we'll have that beer. I, lo- I love that. Love that. Uh, go read the dream shake. If you're interested in basketball, you know, that's a, uh, that's a place I write for now. It's a great family over there. R- r- good people across the board. And uh, I think lots of us are putting out quality content, self-included. Check it out. And thanks again to you guys so much. Oh, we yeah. appreciate y'all. Danny, Justin, you guys are legends. Houston legends. One day I will make it down <laughs> to the armpit of Texas and we'll get we'll get a nice, refreshing Scott. beer. Um, <laughs> promise we will show you a good I love time. it. You know, I, I've, 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 I know a lot of people from Texas and I've heard people refer to Houston as that. I don't know if that's like, that's real, but like, I thought I was, you know, it's hot, load. dude. It's yeah, hot. I mean, I, I, could see it. I, mean, I could see it. I'm not going to, I'm not even upset at it. I'm more, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm a little shocked, but I'm not even upset. I'm like, eh, it's freaking hot down here. So absolutely. We hit the triple digits. So it's, it's, it's nothing to mess with, but yeah. Nevin rolling the red carpet over to you now. Any plugs, anything you want to say before we end here? Look, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, check out Space City Scoop. I do a lot of good work. And now all of a sudden writers are that are supposed to work for me are doing work. Um, I don't actually get to like 
tell them they have to write. I wish I could because they would probably write more than one article every four or five months. So it's a lot of NB Lindbergh articles. I am not a Rockets fan, so I keep it real. So if you're looking for fan fulfillment, check out the Dream Shake. Um, check out Rocket Spaces. Those are the places where you need to go. But if you like the heavy-hitting, hardcore facts, come to Space City Scoop while I'm still in charge. Also, check out Above the Break podcast if you want to hear Absolutely. more about the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's me and James. We're going to get these two. We're going to get Summit State of Mind on one time. And oh, do this yeah. exact Great. same thing. So if you hated this episode, never listen to us. <laughs> you, um, definitely check us out. No, no, I don't. I don't know what they're talking about. Whoever, whoever, whoever hates above the break, I guarantee you does not listen to the summit. So guaranteed. So boys, I really appreciate y'all. GM, my partner in crime. Thank you so much for uh, being my brother. I guess Ooh. absolutely. You, know, you can't like, ask. Shout, you can't ask for that. But <laughs> shout, shout out to uh, Jalen Green, who is four for six from the field, and he's hit a three tonight. One of two. So whoa. Let's all hey, go guys. tune in. Go. Let's go get Kevin Porter, he's he's perfect from the field, five of five, and then three of three from three. So are they mm. winning? No. <laughs> we're, down, uh, we're down five. No. We're down five. James, James said it best. Let's let, let's let's turn off this pod so we can start tuning into the game and do what we're technically paid to do. <laughs> and let's go. Get, well, I'm actually supposed to be working uh, what I actually paid to get paid to do as a news writer, but let's go get those illegal streams up. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. All right, boys. We appreciate um, y'all so much. Thank you so much for entering and just you know just being with us at the summit. We really appreciate y'all. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore Pod or on Twitter at Summit S O M Pod for all latest and breaking news regarding the Houston Rockets, like NBA trade deadline deals, releases, signings, anything and everything Rockets related. You know where to find us right there and here. We are so happy that we were able to bring everyone onto the pod here today. NBA post trade deadline reaction. And of course, with this day and age with the pandem- pandemic going on, make sure that you are taking care of yourselves. And most importantly, make sure that you are taking care of each other. We will see you all next time. Take care. He's on fire. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto. They offer you round the clock protection. Something you probably don't know, a driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know, there's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know, a basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Summit. Four, four, four.